0: This is Pulse ninety five. You're listening
1: to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse ninety
2: five. alaikum, hello, wala, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Now, yes, it uh, might be Valentine's Day, but a few words for the wise in love. The most desired gift of love is not diamonds or roses or chocolate. It is focused attention. That's from Richard Warren. And I think he's right, but I tell you what, diamonds, roses and chocolates certainly don't hurt. They could definitely help you in that cause. So much to come on today's show. In just a moment, uh, we're going to be catching up with our man on the beat, Saeed Saeed, arts and culture reporter for The National. He's going to be talking the Sharjah concert series uh, with another one coming up tonight, what we can expect there and what's to come after. And we're going to be talking the history-making Grammys from the first female to win Best Rap Album to Drake's Drake's Takedown acceptance speech, plus Childish Gambino winning the two biggest prizes in absentia. What does it all mean? Uh, we're going to be talking that and so much more in the world of arts and culture next on Life Beats on Pulse ninety five.
1: This is Pulse ninety five. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life beats. Life beats with Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95.
2: Yes, it is Pulse95 and it's definitely coming up to the weekend right now. I tell you what, there is no end to the awesome things that you can do here in Sharjah. Whether you love music, uh, you've got concerts from some of the Arab world's biggest artists, uh, a world-class light festival going on still uh, up until the weekend uh, or one of the toughest obstacle races on earth. It's all happening here in Sharjah this weekend, but we're going to be talking music for the for the arts lovers first up, and I am so pleased to welcome back to Life Beats, arts and culture reporter for the National State, SAID, Saeed. Welcome. Hey there. Hello. Welcome back. Good, it's,
0: good, it's good to be back.
2: <laughs> good to have you, man. Uh, we have to start. Uh, with the Grammys. We've got a lot to talk about. We we want to talk about the Shaju concert series, which you have been attending, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But we need to start with the Grammys. It was full of controversy, surprises, firsts, all of that and more. Let's start with um rap and uh and Drake's award acceptance speech or takedown. Um mm-hmm. uh, let's take a listen to it here. <laughs>
1: Man, um, it's like the first time in in Grammys history where I actually am who I thought I was for a second. So I like that. That's really nice. Um, I definitely did not think I was winning anything. My brother's here. I want to take this um, opportunity while I'm up here to just talk to all the kids that are watching this, that are aspiring to do music, all my peers that make music from their heart, that do things pure and tell the truth. I want to let you know we play in an opinion based sport. Uh, not a factual-based sport, so it's not the NBA. Where at the end of the year you're holding a trophy because you made the right decisions or won the games. This is a this is a business where sometimes you know it um it's up to a bunch of people that might not understand you know what a mixed race kid from Canada has to say or uh or 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 a fly or a fly Spanish girl from New York or anybody else or a brother from Houston right there. My brother Travis. But look, the point is, you've already won if you have people who are singing your songs word for word, if you're a hero in your hometown. If, look, look, if there's people who have regular jobs who are coming out in the rain, in the snow, spending their hard earned money to buy tickets to come to your shows, you don't need this right here. I promise you, you already won. But next, a special Grammy performance by Diana Ross.
2: And as we just heard there, he got cut off. Mm. What was happening?
1: well, I mean,
0: look. I mean, to I been mean, to be first of all, to be fair to the Grammys, that was a bit of a long an unwieldy speech so I mean you know it's like they have a show to run so I totally get it I mean there's two ways to look um at Drake's speech on one hand he's saying what he's saying is absolutely correct I mean it's a message to all the aspiring artists out there you know to um to focus on the art itself and not the accolades so in one sense what he's saying is true but the subtext to what he's saying is interesting. This is a, um, this is part of a long-running feud that the hip-hop um, industry has um, have had with yes. the Grammys, which stretches back to nearly 30 years. Which is basically they felt that the Grammys, um, the, the hip-hop genre, has not been you know respected you know by the Grammys in terms of the awards that's been given and things like that. And you know, and Drake is just one part of it. I mean, one thing is just, just before we go on, Drake was offered. Um, the chance to perform at the Grammys and he turned it down.
2: So, but I mean, this is kind of, it fits in with the whole thing of, um, you know, hip hop, uh, just having this thing uh, with the Grammys for just not being recognized and, um, you Mm -hmm. know, Childish Gambino as well. He didn't even come and yet he won the two biggest prizes of the night. Yes. So it kind of, it feels like it's all fitting into that uh, whole beef, if you like, that, that hip hop has with the Grammys.
0: Well, two things there. The first thing about Childish Gambino, I mean, that was a bigger statement. Sometimes, yes. you know, you don't you don't have to say much at all, mm. you know. So, I mean, just, just to put into context, you know, how how big um, Gambino's slight to the Grammy is, he is, he, um, by winning the um, um, Song of the Year, he was the first ever hip-hop artist to win that award, which is a very big moment. And the last artist to have a major Grammy award accepted in absentia, essentially, was mm. back in 2003. So we're going way back, and that was when Luther Vandross sent one of his managers to pick up his Song of the Year award for Dance with My Father." And for that, and and reason why Luther didn't show up was because he was actually sick, and he passed away sadly a year later. So, um, yeah, so yeah. So at least like he had an excuse. Gambino. Um, He was first offered to perform and he said no. And second of all, he said, you know, he was not there to pick up the war. That that was a major statement and it really, um, that was like the talking point. Like, why wasn't he there? And maybe it's now time for the Grammys to really address how they should deal with the hip hop genre in future editions.
2: And it feels like they've been trying to uh, make it up again. Uh, when we had Cardi B winning Best Rap Album for the first time, a yeah, woman. I mean,
0: I mean, look, it's a, I mean, you, you win and you can't win. For example, like you know, Cardi B, for example, um, you know, won that award. Mm. Okay, and and who was upset? Nicki Minaj. Because Nick Minaj is Nick is saying like you know I've been doing this for ten years and I released five or six albums I've been nominated many times and I never won it, so I mean to be fair to the Grammys you know there's always going to be a winner and there's always going to be a loser Mm -hmm. you know but but just I I just want to give like you know your um, your listeners um, you know some context into the um, into this so basically you know the, the the seeds of of the Grammys troubled history with hip hop it goes back back to 1989 and that was when the best rap album and the best rap performance were introduced to the awards but the problem began when the Grammy decided not to include the best rap performance as part of the television telecast and that prompted a big boycott you know I mean Fresh Prince actually who won Will Smith won that award and he didn't even show up <laughs> you know, you know. He said this you know, amazing quote. It's like you know, it's like um, um, you, uh, you graduate from school and you can't go to the graduation. <laughs> oh my gosh! Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah and since and since then, we've seen big um, albums like you know Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP, which is a classic. Even at that time, they knew this was a sizable album. And then he lost it. He lost the album of the year to this um, to Steely Dan, mm-hmm. which is a great band, but you know, for, but they're not part of the main cultural conversation to right. respectfully speaking. Right. You right. know, we saw Kanye West. Kanye West has been releasing, I mean, I mean his character aside, Kanye West has been releasing consistently brilliant albums and he's been nominated basically for each album that he made for album of the year and he never won it. I mean, he bloody lost one of them to the, to um, to the Dixie Chicks.
2: <laughs> That's incredible.
0: That yeah, is, it's true. Know.
2: It just makes you. Well, so, it, I mean, with, with all of that, having said all of that, it kind of, a lot of people are, are calling, like Drake, calling into question the um, legitimacy or the importance even of events like the Grammys.
0: Exactly. And I mean, look, the Grammys have started to address this. A couple of years ago, um, they set up committees. I mean, they did on two things. The first thing is they expanded um, their membership. So basically, the people who vote for the Grammy Awards are Grammy Award members. And mm. members are made of artists and producers and and their various people, so they expanded. And um, the membership-based, you know, they have more younger people and more people from relevant industries to be involved. Number one, and number two, what they did was they set up committees, you know, for for, you know, for various genres to ensure that the nominations are relevant and uh, um, you know, and their quality.
3: Mm. You know, so
0: so yeah, and yeah. So basically, they set up the nominations, but then the nominations are then voted by the old members, and that's really up to them. So. I mean, I feel for the Grammys, but the problem is with the Grammys is that it could be a little bit um, too little, too late.
2: Yes, exactly. Well, uh, let's listen now to the man who in fact won Best Song of the Year and the Record of the Year. His childish Gambino, said Said is back in just a moment. We're going to be talking about the women. It, it was a really a night for women. That's next on Life Beats.
4: I feel like summer I feel like summer You can feel it in the streets On a day like this, That I feel like summer
0: This is Pulse ninety
1: five. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse ninety five.
2: Talking all things arts, culture, and particularly music with our man Saeed Said from the National. Uh, Said, continuing the Grammys conversation. It was a big night for women. Everything from uh, Alicia Keys uh, hosting the Grammys. What do you think of her performance?
0: Yeah, I mean. I mean like I mean they I thought it was a, I thought it was a good one I mean I think what was interesting about you don't the, sound the lead, sure <laughs> it's a weird one because I mean <laughs> in, in comparison to other performance she was kind of low key yeah and I think she kind of I think what she did was just kind of added you know just this kind of like level of serenity you know right, to the right.
2: proceedings, you yeah, know yeah, like, yeah. you know it was very chill she, she was, yeah, like, yeah,
0: exactly. was like exactly let's let's feel the love <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it's kind of like pseudo hippie, you know. Like yeah, it was kind of like a let's feel the love, you know. Oh yeah, it was, it was very kind of Oprah, Oprah yes. style, yeah. you know. And 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 I think that was probably a good thing. And considering, I mean, considering the tension that was in the ceremony, you know, mm. with the hip hop and Childish Gambino you know, not being there. I think, actually, you know, her presence was a calming influence on the whole proceedings. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, she isn't kind of the most, you know, upbeat, energetic, hilarious person. But, you know, there's an adult in the room. Yeah. (laughs) With Alicia Keys is there.
2: Very true. Yeah, no, exactly. But we saw, obviously, uh, the likes of Lady Gaga, Casey Musgraves, her as well. I can't get enough of her. Um, Or Gabby Wilson, her real name. Um Cardi B, obviously, women really dominated that night.
0: Yes, that's right. I mean, with Casey Musgrave, it's really interesting because a lot of the times, you know, when an album, you know, uh, Wednesday, an album of the year, mm. it pretty much kind of caps off what is like a brilliant year for that artist. Right. While for Casey Musgrave, for example, it's the opposite way. I yeah. think it's gonna, the album day is going to introduce people. You know, exactly.
2: To, her. It, yeah. to, to be honest, I mean, I, and I felt like, hang on a minute, Who? who's Casey Musgraves? It was a bit of a weird moment because I'm like, who is this woman winning, winning album of the year? It's one of the biggest awards of the night.
0: That's right. I mean, in the independent music scene and the alternative country scene, everyone knew that her album is a really, really interesting and quite evocative release. Mm. So, yeah, so in terms of the tastemakers, you know, the critics, everyone knew there was a special album. You know, so in a way, this was a record um, this award wasn't a popularity contest. It was actually voted on quality. And indeed, it is a fantastic record. I mean, that album, I mean, Casey Musgrave has a different style of country music. It's almost kind of like um, one, one critic des- describe as, described it as cosmic
3: country. You know?
2: mm, right. <laughs> kind of, it, it does it, have it, that ethereal yeah. kind of thing going on.
0: Yeah, it's, like it's pretty kind of out there a little bit. You know, I mean, her chords are interesting. She sings in an air, yeah, exactly, in that ethereal way. I think it's a country album for people who don't, who don't like country.
2: Right, exactly. I'm <laughs> um, I'm I I'm you know I have to admit I'm really not one of those people who's into country but I'm getting into Casey Musgraves we're going to play rainbow a little bit later on um one of the songs talking
0: about rainbows
2: Right right uh Dua Lipa interestingly winning uh best new artist when she's been around for like 4 years
0: what Yeah yes I mean I was having a chat with some of my colleagues I mean I think <laughs> the best new artist Award's got to go I mean yeah. that is just uh, I mean it doesn't it, it, it does it doesn't make sense uh, uh, it's not really relevant, you know. So I mean, I mean, best new artists are normally kind of. they should be kind of like online awards, things like this. But for a Grammy, a best new artist, I think this one's got to go. It does.
2: It does. It doesn't make any sense at all. Like when I say four years, she's been famous for four years, but obviously she's been around for a lot longer than that. So mm. it just, yeah, you're absolutely right. It really doesn't make sense. Uh, we're about to play Hard Place by her, and I I, I want you to talk to us about. You know what you think of the impact of, of her is? Let's do a Uh, her the artist.
0: Yeah. Oh, her. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, yes. oh, she's amazing. I mean, I mean, her. Um, she's. I mean, she's like the, the wonderful thing is that you know the UAE, Dubai, and you know, and and uh, the UAE saw.
2: Yes, her she was here. Profound. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Incredible. Exactly.
0: She played in Soul DXB, um, not last year, but the year before. So we had the chance to see this flourishing artist. Mm. And, you know, she's interesting because in the sense that her songs are all about, you know, like light and shade. <laughs> I mean, she bears her soul a lot. She talks about kind of, you know, the nitty gritty of relationships. While at the same time, she tries to keep a low key. I mean, she really takes off her, um, her sunglasses. Um uh I mean I, I mean I mean her face is always kind of half covered. Yeah. if you notice. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you know, even in the interview, when I when I interviewed her in Dubai, you know, she had her sunglasses, her hair was covering her eyes. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. But she's a really interesting person and, and she has a great brand of, of R and B and I you know, very, very evocative and I'm glad that she's being um, um recognized.
2: And uh, here is Hot Place. I don't believe what you say. But I
5: hate you on most days. You've been testing my faith and my patience, yeah. And you know that i be headstrong. But you know that you'll be dead wrong. Telling me to relax when I'm reacting. But I- A choice when I'm gonna have to pick my poison. How you hurt me so good, so good. And even when you cause tears, you're the one who wipe them away. Maybe that's the reason I stay, I stay. But I'd rather fight and lose sleep at night. At least you on my
3: This is Pulse
1: 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa, Only on Pulse 95.
2: Right there was Casey Musgraves, the woman who took home the album of the year and her song, Rainbow. And uh, we are talking all things Grammy Awards uh, with the one and only Saïd Saïd, arts and culture reporter from The National. And, uh, of course, Saïd, uh, somebody who took home yet another Grammy, uh, making him the artist with the most Grammys, living artist with the most Grammys of all time.
0: Yes, that's right. We're talking about none other than Quincy Jones, a music legend, a UAE favorite. Um, um, He got the award for the, um, the documentary. Yes, Quincy that's right which is a really uh, yeah. i mean it's, it, the, the whole documentary is a, is basically a quincy and family and friends family and friends project it's a very affectionate look mm. um you know into quincy's um life you know which is which is really interesting and uh, and this production method it was um it was directed by Rashida, uh, co-directed by by Rashida Jones. Yes, his with, daughter. Um, his, his daughter. So the whole thing. I mean, at the beginning, when I first heard about the project, I, when I first heard about the project, I thought, well, is this going to be like a really sentimental look? But credit to Rashida, you know, the the whole thing was about the music.
3: Mm-mm. You know what I
0: mean? And actually, it's a really, really wonderful portrait, um, you know, of a musician who always kind of strived for excellence. Quincy wasn't about trying to find the latest sounds. That's the thing about Quincy. I mean, while his work with Michael Jackson, you know, pushed the boundaries of pop music, what he was always interested in was producing the best kind of music.
3: Yes. And
0: I think that's a very, very important distinction. He wasn't about, you know, um, trying to do something new. It's like, he was all about perfecting, you know, what was in front of him. And I think that's a lesson that we can all learn from.
2: You actually met the, uh, the legend. You interviewed him. What did you learn from him?
0: Yes, we spoke to Quincy a couple of times actually, because um, this is because we, um, uh, cause he came to the UAE twice. First, you know, he came for um, uh, an, an event in Dubai, and then he came for another event in Abu Dhabi. And uh, um, in Abu Dhabi, we had, we had a really great chat. You know, and that was that was a chat just about his career. I mean, Quincy. I mean, he was like you know in his early 80s, and he was you know he was in a when you're at that age, you want to give just advice.
2: Yes. I mean, in a sense
0: that, as a person who's doing an interview, it was actually quite easy because all I had to do was keep my mouth shut.
2: Right, you know, right. And,
0: and just let, you know, just Quincy roll, you know, just go. <laughs> and, that was, and that was an interesting interview because, you know, we spoke about, you know, um, what's, what are the favorite parts of his career. And, you know, he said that the, that, um, the, the favorite things that he likes to do is discovering new talents. And, you know, and, and and look, Quincy discovered Will Smith. You know, he yes. was the producer of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm-mm. Quincy Jones also discovered Oprah Winfrey. You know, he was telling me that, you know, he paid her $35,000 at the time for the color purple, which, you know, which is, which is about 129,000 dirhams. And now he's saying she's worth $3 billion.
2: And he know, did so the soundtrack for that, too.
0: He did the soundtrack as well, you know. Yeah, so... He said, "That's the favorite That's part of his career is discovering a new talent, and you know, we and we still see that today because you know, in the UAE, there's um, Q's Bar,
3: yes, you know um,
0: that you know, the, um, the, which is like his own jazz venue, right? You know, right. The Palazzo Versace in Dubai, and he still curates it. So he picks all the artists that come there, and all the artists that come to that venue to perform in Dubai for a three-month residency are all young talents. So." For him, that's more interesting than, he said anyway, than um, uh, being in a studio with Michael Jackson and, you know, Prince and what have you. Said, for him, that's what, what kind of gives him the energy.
2: Really? That is so interesting because we have to understand, I mean, this is a man who has worked with absolutely the biggest people ever in music, Ella Fitzgerald. Dizzy Gillespie, Michael Jackson, uh, Sarah Vaughan. um, The list goes on and on and on. And, you know, these are the the greatest people throughout maybe 20th century music um, and into the 21st century as well. It's just, it's astonishing. His career is astonishing.
0: That's right. And the interesting thing about um, Quincy as well is that um, you have to understand that Quincy came from a classical music background mm. so you know he is a person that you know he studied music he knows how to read music so I mean he knows about orchestration you know so for him that technical knowledge you know, you know that's what kind of helped him and this is the reason why he likes performing with jazz players he likes performing like you know with Ella Fitzgerald because all of these people as well they had an appreciation for the technical aspects and this is why for example you know he really enjoyed working with michael jackson because michael you know was was prepared to work as hard as quincy was i mean michael was all about trying to hit those little notes he was he, quincy would tell me that they would do 30 takes you know of certain songs and michael was ready to go wow you know? so yeah so it's and that's the thing you know that the quincy jones likes and, and in a way he said to me this is the problem that he has with today's popular music i mean he didn't hold back <laughs> When I asked him, you know, about, you know, about, you know, how he feels about music. For example, he hates techno. (laughs) <laughs> his, you know, his quote to me was, listen, I don't like techno at all. That's just noise. Just fair enough, <laughs> and, Quincy. And, and, then, and then another one. You can't argue. Race.
2: You really can't. What are you going to say <laughs> yeah. to Quincy Jones when he says something <laughs> like that, right?
0: And then I asked him, I said, look, I said, you know, Quincy, you know, how do you feel about today's pop, pop, pop artist? You know, how do they stack up? I said, to the legends that you've worked with. And he said, listen, let's get real. When you come from the era of Ray Charles, Billy Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, Aretha Franklin, Ugh. Frank Sinatra, Ugh. Michael Jackson—is very hard to get used to. Little Wayne.
2: <laughs> Completely. You, you see his point, right? You see his I'm point. Like, Unbelievable.
0: Absolutely. And I'm like, you know, the man has spoken, you know. <laughs> exactly. He absolutely so,
2: has. Yeah,
0: so, you know, it, yeah, so it's wonderful, you know, it's wonderful that he's doing this. And look, he's still producing, by the way. Yes, I mean, you know, yes. He's, I mean, he's still involved. You know, he still has a talent agency. He's still looking for new, uh, for new people. Um, just like, for example, um, there's an artist that he's working with called Justin Coughlin. You know, he's a young mm. jazz pianist. Um uh so Quincy produced his latest album Coming Home and Justin is coming to um to um, to the UAE to, um, to Abu Dhabi in, in next month. So I mean he still has his hands you know on the pulse and looking for new talent.
2: Amazing. Amazing. Let's jump back to Sharjah and the amazing series that we have been seeing of winter concerts uh, featuring some of the Arab world's biggest artists. Said.
0: Yes, oh. Seriously, I love the the Elma Jazz um, Winter Concert Series. is one of my favorites. I mean, yes. I think that. I mean, that, it's one you, you look you, forward
2: uh, to. I know you. You always you're you're going to be. I wonder when they're going to announce it. I wonder when they're going to talk about it.
0: Because yeah, cause, you know, it means A weekend in Sharjah yeah. And for me A weekend <laughs> in Sharjah Is a quite relaxing experience Honestly when I, when, I, when I go to Sharjah My blood pressure goes down I feel good I feel happy You know so, Clearly uh,
2: Clearly you're not doing The Spartan race this weekend yeah, Absolutely not. <laughs>
0: But it's such But it's such an amazing yeah. venue The a jazz Amphitheater yes. And you know And I speak So for example um, Last week I was there mm. To see I'm Al-Lama A wonderful Lebanese crooner And, and you know the, An Arab star at the moment, Mohammed Asaf, yes. former Arab Idol winner. So, you know, I I, I interviewed them um, at the backstage, literally minutes before they step on stage of Al Amphitheater, and they were saying, and for men, and for both, for both of them, that was the first time they performed at that stage. You know, so Asaf is saying, this is he was saying, this is such an amazing venue. He said, like for me, you know, when I'm playing a venue like this, I know I have to step it up. I know that, you know, I have to give um, a performance that's, you know, that's worth for this venue. Mm. And same so thing with Agrabah Lama, he's saying that, you know, this is um, from all the venues that he played in, you know, jazz Amphitheater is one of the best because the acoustics are great, the crowd is very intimate. You know, although there's two, two, two to 3,000 people, it just feels nice and intimate in that amphitheater. And so it's a wonderful place for musicians to play. And uh, jazz Amphitheater um, Winter Series, I think, is a wonderful and important um, Event in the cultural calendar of the UAE.
2: Oh, well, it's fantastic! We've had some amazing artists so far, like you said, Raghba Nama, Muhammad Asaf. Who are we expecting to see tomorrow? We have uh, d- two more artists who are going to be featuring tomorrow night.
0: That's right. Tomorrow night is Khaliji Pop Night. Yes. I mean, there's. I mean, there's a theme to these concerts. Mm. Um, so there was. Yep. Yeah, so this week um, we're gonna um, on tomorrow we're gonna have Nabil Shail. You know, Mm -hmm. from Kuwait, Um, he's performing, wonderful veteran singer. um, And and he's going to be joined by the UAE's very own um, Ida Menhali. So um, so it's a it's a wonderful um, uh, multi generational lineup, you know, the past and the present, and I think it's going to be a great it's going to be a great crowd. N- Nabila Shahil is for the parents, and Ida Manhali is for the you know for the kids. Well, re- relatively <laughs> young kids.
2: This is going to be tomorrow night. If you haven't got your tickets, they started at a hundred dirhams. Uh, you can get them from the Majaz Waterfront box office. But at March first, we're going to be seeing the final concert. Aren't we, Zaid?
0: Yes, that's right. So it's Noël Zogbi, I believe, and um, and Majid Al Yes. And again, I mean, that, I mean, yeah, I mean, these, I mean, both of these artists are stars of their own. Both of them, in a way, can kind of, you know, headline the Majad amphitheater by you know by themselves and kind of essentially sell it out. So this is a wonderful way, you know, to end, you know, in the series. And the thing is also as well, it's going back when you're mentioning um, the tickets, for 100 dirhams. That's a wonderful price and the thing is with them with the with the theater anywhere you sit you have a wonderful view of the stage and that's the i mean the way that the, the theater is it's like a it's, it's almost like a u shape so you have a wonderful um you have a wonderful vantage point you know from each stage so for, for wherever you sit
2: I love it I love it so much your uh, favorites out of all of them uh said
0: well you know the favorite show that I saw was kristen Berg
2: yeah <laughs> 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 Going back yeah. to Kristiamburg, that was amazing.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, that was last year. Yes. So I mean, yeah, and, and you know, and you can just tell he was like, "Wow, yeah, I never knew about this venue." <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah, and I mean, that was an elegant and classy affair for an elegant and classy venue.
2: I love it. Uh, let's take a listen now uh, to a little bit of uh, one of Raghab Alama's songs. I love this one. This is one of my favorites, Sir uh, Um But, Said, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, back again on Life Beats. Uh, and we'll catch up with you again next week. Have an awesome weekend.
0: Absolutely. Have a wonderful weekend.
2: And you.
6: لا تعدني وإلا سرت و تركتني تَعذَبْنِي وَإِلَّا سِرْتُ تَرَكْتُ الْمُكَلَّمَ كل واحد مننا ماسك من الس
1: 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10am.